When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Episode 34 of the Luke and Pete Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name's Luke Moore, and joining me as ever is my slightly diminutive colleague and good pal, Mr. Pete Donaldson. I'm normal-sized. I'm diminutive in relation to you. Fair dues. I'll take that on the nose. And what an apt subject, because this week is episode 34, The Body Show. The Body Shop. The Body Issue. The Body Show. Not to be confused with ESPN's Body Issue. What is that? Oh, it's is like that a magazine they put, they put out every I, year. I like it when they put um, baseball stars on the cover um, because they've always got pretty good guns, but they frequently have big old guts, which I quite like. Just like me, but without the guns. <laughs> um, yeah, we decided this week we are going to make it a body-themed show, purely mm. because we love to group emails around certain subjects, don't we? So, yeah, makes it easier got, for us. We've got a lot about the human body uh, this week. Human bodies, animal bodies... Celestial bodies. Uh, later on, Pete and I will share some, share some secrets about our bodies. Yeah, women in love, two men oiled up in front of a big fire. Nice. Have we got the fire yet? <laughs> no, in the new office, has no. it been installed? We're not allowed, we didn't get a gas. Have you been, been up the chimney? chimney? <laughs> <laughs> See, being diminutive, I could fit up a chimney, couldn't I? So yeah. there we go. And that's, <laughs> a, that's a positive. <laughs> it really is. I've, all, I've long wanted to uh, sort of um, emulate a uh, Victorian child. <laughs> what were you doing this week? It's been straight in, bang. No mucking about. No mucking um, about. Not even bothering with the button anymore. No. Just doing it yourself. Yep. Um, I, um, yeah. I, I've, I've written on my notes here, before we get stuck into the body show, Pete, should we do mm. a bit of housekeeping? And what have you been up to this week? Oh. Um, I'm getting a new kitchen. Oh, is that, that boring? I was hoping that that was going to be a lot more interesting. <laughs> it is really boring. I, I like um, I like picking out the stuff. Basically, it goes like this, and I won't spend too long on this, listeners. Mm. Don't worry. You pick out the stuff that looks really good. Yeah. Um, Visualise it. Then I'll quickly told you can't afford that, mm. and then you sit on something that's not quite as good. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I would say is that I'm. I uh, and I do say what I would say is a kind of press eater, uh, me having a go at someone. Do you know who just, always says that as well? What? You know if you've noticed this, Mr. Gary Neville always says that. Well, I would say we're, yeah. we're quite physically similar. I think I agree. Yeah, uh, with uh, again apart from the You're Premier both League winners, little rats, <laughs> little rat boys. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of people have moved. I've noticed that a lot of my friendship groups they've bought their house. They're moving on to kitchens now. Yeah, I'm still renting. <laughs> Yeah, but I've noticed, Pete, I've noticed, and this is perhaps a little peek behind the curtain to our, to our lovely listeners. A little peek behind life. the curtain. A little peek behind the curtain. And I can fit behind the curtain because I am diminutive. Any size of curtain. Yeah. Um, you can fit behind a hanky. <laughs> a um, curtain inside a Wendy house. I've detected, because we're pals, mm. and I, I notice things. Um, I am actually quite a good pal, aren't I? Uh, you are a good pal, yeah. yes. And I've noticed... You're a terrible colleague. <laughs> yeah, that's a true. An unspeakably bad, uh, poor quality we're colleague. Both, we're both largely impossible to work with, so I think that's fair. Mm. But I'm a good pal, and I've, I think I've noticed, and I don't think I'm wrong here, and I'll be surprised if you correct me here. Right. You've detected recently that you'd quite like to buy a house. Um, because you've started doing loads more work. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> that's actually rude. 
Is I'm, always, I'm always a hard worker, but I'm no, working, you are, you I'm are, working you are, you are. for Team Luke more than Team Pete yeah. now, and that's why you've noticed. You see, yeah, true. No, you and are also, you are a hard worker, and also but... the voiceover market really has fallen <laughs> through its own arse. It's the bottom dro- dropped out of it <laughs> in the Donaldson voiceover market. So yeah, uh, but are you interested in buying a house? I need to, don't I? I mean, it seems foolish not to, but uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in no way close to being able to afford a deposit, yeah, so about, sort that. about five or six years too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big into Bitcoin. Oh, no, that's fucked as well. Never mind. I bought some Ethereum, did I tell you? Ethereum? It's a new um, oh, Luke, cryptocurrency. Stop this, Luke. I don't understand it. Luke, how much did you put on? How did you spaff on that? I don't want to say. <laughs> no, no it's it? only, I think it was like 150 pounds. Right. I mean, you, I, I almost, I'm almost guaranteed the state of Bitcoin, the state of cryptocurrencies, and the state of the uh, people that manage the cryptocurrencies, if indeed anyone does, uh, you've already lost your money. <laughs> well, you say that. Look, I've got it in front of me here. I'll show you. Ethereum, I bought four. I bought four? What hang is on that? A minute, hang on a no, I listen. Just Ethereum. I mean, isn't isn't that based on the Latin kind of ethereal kind of like yeah. you can't touch it? Yeah. You can't touch it. You can't own it. It might disappear at any I've, moment. I've just googled it. it. Doesn't exist. <laughs> no, I bought it for one hundred and thirty-three dollars, and it's now worth two hundred and ninety-two dollars. Wow! You see that in front of you? I bet. I would imagine you need to cash out. I like that you had a WhatsApp update on the top of your screen. It was Marcus. So, I was up a ramble saying ramble. No, so, no you're, you're <laughs> saying, a stereotype. No, he's just saying um, sell it. Sell it. <laughs> sell it again, as your financial. Are you using Marcus Speller as your financial advisor? <laughs> Damn. You really shouldn't. That's um, dreadful news. But right, uh, congratulations on your Ethereum. Thanks. I'll keep you all posted. Um, yeah. I might sell it um, before my wife finds out. <laughs> No, no. Um, should we get into the body show? Well, I was going to just recommend a film. Very, oh, good, very quickly. please do. Yeah. Um, a guy from um, Third Window Films uh, sent me a few DVDs uh, through my work on the Football Ramble and also uh, the Luke and Pete show. And um, basically, that's a scandal, by the way. What I've, do you mean? I've not what received a single DVD. Yeah, but it's di- <laughs> do you really want DVDs? Is that your you know? I haven't got a player. <laughs> well, I actually bought a, 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 an HD uh, DVD player. Or rather, Blu-ray player just for the new Blade Runner film because I've oh, watched yeah. it two you, you times. Never stop talking about it. I love it so much. Yeah, it's, go on, carry on. What film is it? Then? Um, it well, basically, it's, it's, he sent me a couple of DVDs of like, um, uh, well, just decent Japanese films. Because you know, like Japanese films, like because I bum Japan, but I don't really like the video games. I don't really like anime or manga or the films because um, I don't like ninjas. I'm not really right. asked about ninjas and spooky little um, girls in horror films. Um, but he basically sent me these these really. Bloody good films. Uh, one of which, I think my favourite one was uh, Fukuchana Fuku Fuku Flats, right. which was a, basically, I'm, I'm showing you the cover there. It's kind of like, who right. did, um, oh, Grand Budapest Hotel? Uh, Wes Thingy, Wes yeah, Anderson. Wes Anderson. So yeah. it's like a Wes Anderson film, but right. it's like, you know, filmed on, on a bit of a budget, but it's filmed in, in, in Tokyo. And it's, the main, um, the main cast member is, uh, oh, oh, she's a woman, but she's, um, she's a really famous female comedian in Japan, but she's playing like it's a, a comedy. Like a fat bloke, basically. Oh, right. A fat builder. She was like an Eddie Murphy type vibe. <laughs> a little bit, but she looks great and she's so good. And it's a lovely little tale. And I cannot, like, I know we got sent it for free and stuff, but like, and I'll, I'll happily pass it on. Um, but it's just bloody good. And I didn't think, I just didn't think that, um, that because I think I kind of had a stereotype, a stereotypical kind of like idea of what Japanese humour was. Right. Very, uh, very uh, bums and poo and and wee and and, and boobies and, and stuff like that. And those game shows and stuff. Yeah, and those game shows, very slapstick and stuff like that. And this <clears throat> just nicely done. Um, so I recommend that, and I recommend uh, just just check out Third Window Films uh, on Twitter. They've got loads of uh, titles, right. and I've just been piling through them all week, and I'm just. I really have been very surprised. The Japanese movies I've seen, which I've enjoyed off the top of my head, Battle Royale. 
obviously a mm. classic. Um, Seven Samurai, obviously mm. classic. And um, uh, Ringu as well. Ringu. Which is the What's ring, Ringu? right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, okay. It's called Ringu. And um, there's other ones like uh, The Audition. That'll come out f- right. not, not too long ago, which is pretty good. And uh, also Itchy the Killer. Right, okay. Other than that, I'm out. I'm out. They I've just never always seem to be about violence and horror. Yeah. I'd, I'd never sort of seen a comedy before, so... There we go. Well done, did, me. Did I, had, I had what I thought challenged. Did it appeal to your sense of humour more broadly, or was it something you wouldn't normally laugh at? No, it was, it was good. It was just nicely written. The, the, the dialogue was excellent, and uh, yeah, there's just some great characters in there as well, and there's a lot of variation. If Like, sometimes I think with, with comedies, they don't pack too much in. They kind of let it settle, but I think with... Um, Fuku-chan. Very good. It's just bam, bam, Five bam. out of five. Laugh. A laugh, Donny review. Laugh. You can't give it out of five. It's too... I don't like that scale. <laughs> it's, it's not, there's not enough room you for a manoeuvre. You, you shouldn't... I don't think you should put any stars on anything. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a ridiculous way of doing it. Well, it's easier, but, isn't it? But, I mean, if you are reviewing us on iTunes, do you give us five out of five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also saw um, three billboards outside... Uh, is it Ebbing, Missouri? Yes, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. That was very good as well. Yeah, uh, Frances McDormand. Yeah, that's an Oscar botherer. She's uh, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's really good. I don't. I, have I seen her in something else? What have I seen? She's her in, in Fargo. Oh, of course she's in Fargo. Yeah, of course she bloody is. From the she's excellent Cohen brothers. From the excellent. Well, there's another example. There's another parallel in those films as well. So yeah, third window. Brilliant. Wait, do you want to name the film again? <laughs> you can't remember it, can you? Fukuchana, uh, Fuku Fuku Flats, I think. Uh, yeah, Fuku Fuku Flats. A lot of Fs in there and Ks. Okay. But, um, the, but the guy who um, does it is it listens to um, the Luke and Picture, the guy who produced that film, and oh, produced right. a couple of others as well. Right. He uh, listens to the, to, to the Luke and Picture. And he went, well, it's a bit, a bit embarrassing. What, he wants to make a film about me, does he? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. He's got great sideburns. Okay. I used to call him sideboards when I was a kid. They, and I that, think that's that was a 70s thing. I think the sideboards are the thicker things. Oh, yeah, is that why? That's my interpretation <sighs> of it anyway. Hot dog. I just thought I'd just got it wrong. Well, anyway, wrong. so the, the It's Been is My New Kitchen, which hasn't happened yet, and your Japanese movie. Sticking to type, aren't we there? <laughs> um, should we get Food, the, should we, food in Japan. <laughs> should we get into the body show episode Let's get into the body show episode. For We've had loads of emails on uh, this particular subject. Shall I start? Yeah, go on. I want to start with an email from the magnificently named. And if we were dishing out our top three names from emailers mm. on this show, he would without question be in it. Uh, Winfield Klein. Is that a ship that Hartlepool and Portsmouth have both had imported some points? Could be. We did it up, sent it down to you a lot. Sounds like a tea clipper. Is it the Wingfield Castle we sent down to you or the Warrior? I forget. The Warrior. The Warrior. Yeah, yeah. the Warrior. Um, he's from Washington State. And he says this, gentlemen, I could not believe my ears when I heard you talking about pectus excavatum. I had this condition as a child. <gasps> Couldn't believe his chest, more like. People will, yeah, people will remember what we're talking about here, won't they? Mm. We haven't got to clarify it. It's the, it's the concave chest thing, um, with respect. Uh, my, my ribs were growing into my chest, create, creating such a hole that I would tell my friends I was hit by a golf ball in order to explain it to them. In fact, <laughs> if I put a golf ball into the hole, you could barely tell it was there under my shirt. <laughs> Great for shoplifting. This is where in golf yeah. shops. <laughs> yeah, specifically golf shops. Yeah, it's got, we've lost a lot of golf balls today. I do a lot of thieving. What'd you get? What'd you get? Mostly golf balls and gobstoppers. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I knew a mate who uh... squash balls. I can do that. <laughs> get a couple small, in there. Anything small. Uh, gobstoppers. Ping pong balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mates uh, over Nan, the sports shop my mates Nan used to have a pacemaker so she couldn't walk through they had to turn off the um, the beepers outside shops so she used to do a lot of shoplifting <laughs> that's excellent that's excellent that is excellent yeah wonderful very good wonderbar uh, and um, yeah he says this is where the email sort of gets slightly horrific right I had surgery for this condition at the age of 15 in 1984 which is quite late 
usually they try and collect, um, correct this at an earlier age, and I think we did discuss that last time. Mm. Um, he said, my procedure was practically medieval and lasted about 10 hours. The surgeon actually broke my ribs so they could be reshaped, and he then put a stainless steel bar in my chest to hold them in place while they healed. Um, but he says, with this method, the bar was never rotated, which is um, in opposition to what we talked about last mm. time around um, on the treatment for this condition. Some months later, the bar was removed through a small incision on my right side, and I do indeed still have the bar. In fact, I woke up with it in my hand, which is quite nice. That's <laughs> yeah. horrible. I mean, the thing is, yeah, presumably he means he woke up with it in his hand after it was removed, not when it was put in. Oh, that's come up the other side. <laughs> it's like when oh. I used to have a brace, it used to fall out my mouth, lads. Yeah, yeah. A non-fixed brace. Um, yeah, right. I used to have one of those as well. Um, he said, as my ribs were quite short due to the way they'd grown, the surgeon left me with a piece of Gore-Tex in my chest to protect my organs. If I get an x-ray, I have to always explain what that is. So that's really odd. It's not up to you for to explain it, I think. Because to me... What's Gore- that in your chest? You You're know. the doctor, yeah, mate. Six years, medical, <laughs> medical degree. Um, the, the, to me, a Gore-Tex is a jacket. But it yeah. must be the material that makes up the jacket, I suppose. Yeah. Um, he said the procedure was so painful and I was, wor- I was so worried about my chest that I didn't sneeze for nearly three years. Oh. If I felt a sneeze coming on, I would go to great lengths to make it go away. Imagine that. Um, like, that would be like ten orgasms at the end of that. Because they say it's like a seventh of an orgasm, don't they? The, the, or a seventh? Kids in the schoolyard. I don't know where they got seventh from. How but... long have you been measuring your uh, orgasm? <laughs> Do you have a scale? They're that good. The peak to scale. <laughs> oh, that was a 6.4. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. He finishes off by saying, there's another method I've heard about these days using very powerful magnets to reshape the rib cage. Um, evidently, it's nearly painless. Oh, well. Oh, Winfield, that is... Sad, sad for Winfield. Obscene. Absolutely obscene. He says, P.S. I heard uh, baby teeth called deciduous teeth by my dentist recently because like the leaves on a deciduous tree, they fall out. Ah. That makes sense. That's nice. That's um, nice. I, 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 um, I've just finished reading a book called This Is Going To Hurt by right. Dr. Adam Kay, I think his name is. He's an ex-doctor in the NHS and then he's now a, um, a TV writer. Right. It's a very, very, very funny book, very poignant in places as well. And it's a bit of a gut punch here and there because of the experiences he had on a maternity ward as a, mm. as a, as a registrar there. Uh, or he eventually becomes a registrar there. He was talking about magnetic resonance imagery, the MRI scans, mm. and saying that like... If you've got a piece of metal in your body, like a piercing or something, it can literally, it, it, the magnets are so strong, it'll just pull it out of your if body. You've, if you've thrown, I've seen someone throw, they've turned on an MRI machine, they've thrown a bit of metal or a, like a mobile phone or something mm. into it, and it just absolutely clatters around, just floats all over the place, smashes it to pieces. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly exciting. And that's why I purchased it. And that's why, it's like, you've just come in with, with a fractured skull, Peter, don't throw your mobile phone into the <laughs> Into the I hall. want it, yeah. This is where, oh, is that the mobile phone bin? <laughs> I remember listening to another podcast, uh, Peter and Gamble, back in the day. It was very, very funny. You used to love that. You used to have a T-shirt at that podcast. No, I did not. Did I? Yeah. Did I? You no. got a T-shirt for everything. <laughs> you have. Um, he, uh, he was saying he had a mate who sadly, I think, uh, passed away. Um, she came out of the MRI scanner and said, am I, am I brown? What? Am I brown? Because it looks a bit like a sunbed. Ah, that's Am tough. I brown? <laughs> I, I remember, I can remember... Um, an ex-girlfriend of mine when I lived in New Zealand, uh, she used to go and get fake tan. Right. And uh, it was the spray thing, right? Yeah. But the first time she ever went to get it, she told me that she went in. Um, and it's like, um, have you ever been in like a single shower cubicle where you go in through the door, mm. there's like a little bench, and then there's the screen door, mm. and you go through the screen door into the shower itself. Yes. So then you have a shower in there, you get out, you dry yourself in that little bit. Yeah. So 
that's what the fake tan spray thing was like at this place she went to. Right. But when she first went, she didn't know. So she just went into the first bit and they said, oh yeah, just make your way through, get in there, um, we'll start it, it'll give you, it'll coat you all over and then you, you'll come out. Right. She's like, okay, fine. She goes into the first bit and the, and but doesn't go into the shower cubicle, yeah. just stands there for like 20 minutes <laughs> and then goes, oh, I didn't really feel anything, that's weird, came out, looked exactly the same and their friends were like, you look exactly the same, what's happened? And then she only worked out later on that she you had to go, to go back into the, she didn't go into the, into the actual into Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> into yeah. brown Narnia. There we go. <laughs> have you been to brown Narnia? It's lovely this time of year. It's very brown. Uh, let's have one from James Holmes. James Holmes. Hello, James. This is obscene. Oh, this, I, I like this one. You like this one? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it, it really um, speaks to the um, the child in me and all these sort of rumours you would hear from this next town along or the other school or this kid that you never quite saw yeah uh, it's almost like an apocryphal type thing but the mm. way he tells it is is obviously that it's real very very great if you're having your dinner if you're having uh, one of those um, Chinese dumplings maybe just just pop it pop it under the bamboo lid if you're having a hard boiled egg right now <laughs> dig in <laughs> uh, last week the question have you ever had to call 999 was briefly asked and it reminded me of the only time I've ever had to do it as an avid BMX bike rider, uh, I was at the skate park nearly every day of my teenage years. One day when I was about 19, I was on a good ride with a mate, uh, and he took a very innocuous-looking tumble. As expected, he got straight back to his feet, no harm done. He then stood looking down with his back to me for a few seconds before starting to scream. Not screams of pain, but panic screams, the type you'd make if you came face-to-face with a masked intruder in the night. My balls! My balls! Oh, God, I've ripped up my balls, he screamed. He turned around with his jeans ripped all around his crotch and opened his legs to show... Oh, God. To show... What <laughs> But I can only describe as a translucent white ball. Yeah. Uh, like a, like an undercooked poached egg hanging from some veins. A ball outside the sack. As all the 13-year-olds at the skate park uh, literally fell about laughing, I quickly realised that I was the oldest and therefore the most responsible person there. I resisted the urge to laugh and called 999. What's the problem, the operator asked. Uh, struggling to sound sincere and not like a prank caller. I replied with, uh, th- my friends ripped his balls open. Oh. I vivid rem- vividly remember the deadpan delivery with which the operator replied, so a scrotal injury, at which point I exploded with laughter and to surprise, so did the operator. We then continued the call in fits of giggles with both myself and the operator occasionally stating, we shouldn't be laughing, we shouldn't be laughing. I like, is he doing this in earshot of the victim? Uh, presumably, yeah. <laughs> ball shot. Uh, <laughs> who's, really, he's had his ball shot. Uh, things got even more hilarious and the paramedic arrived, laid my friend on his back with his legs spread and knees up, placed a towel over his legs and then went under the towel to inspect like a lady in premature labour in public. At this point, quite a crowd had gathered and everyone was taking pictures like the one I have attached. Anyway, he was fine. He was all sewn up and no long-term damage. Uh, but I think he, I remember him saying he couldn't touch himself after four to six weeks. He still gets called Johnny One Bollock to this day. He didn't lose a bollock and he's not even called Johnny. No. Love the show. Thank you, James Holmes. James, you have besmirched the show. I haven't seen the foul, photo. With a foul. It, it's just a boy under a towel. Oh, good. No, nothing, okay. nothing more graphic than that. It wouldn't be appropriate to share that. Anyway. No. I imagine if you wanted to type in scrotal injury into Google, you could find something equally as horrific. But, um, uh, I mean, don't do that. Oh, um, That is horrific. And I think every man listening would have, would have um, cringed. Mm. In that book I was just referencing, uh, this is going to hurt. He, he reports on a time. He, I think he might have been. He must have been doing the uh, rotation as he was mm. learning to be a junior doctor or something. And um, he says like, a, a guy comes in mm. um, with a horrific penal injury, basically. And um, and uh, what what turns out is he, he was showing off while drunk, jumped on top of a bus shelter, right? Jumped onto a lamp post and slid down it. 
right. But he had shorts on. It was in the summer. <laughs> and, I don't, and he didn't realise that the the, um, the the paint on this lamppost was this Santex paint. Right. So it's basically like sandpaper. Oh, right. Okay. And he slid all the way down it. Right. And basically essentially ripped his penis off. <sighs> yeah. So, Why was he gripping it so tight with his penis? Why did he want to use your feet? And well, he's got his arms? legs around it, hasn't he, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it's look, it's, it's, that book is fantastic. <laughs> that, is, that, <laughs> that is one of the worst parts about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. So it does happen. The mind literally can boggle sometimes, Pete. What a mess. Yes. What a mess down there, I'll tell you what. Uh, do you want a quick one from uh, John? Yeah. My name is John. I'm um, from, get this, this is the only reason why I included this email, to be quite frank. If you're from, from somewhere with an interesting place name, you will get on the show. Uh, my name is John, and I'm from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. I love it. The I King of Prussia. It. I did a little Google. Apparently, it was due to uh, a, a notorious pub that used to be there. I'm called annoyed. The King of Prussia. I was annoyed when I read this email because, as we, as regular listeners to the show will know, mm. my wife is from the US, and yep. she's not from, relatively speaking, that far from there. Mm. Yet, no one in the family has ever told me about this place. King of Prussia. Uh, but, but the only thing. Um, about it is I, I did look it up and mm. I can't find anything interesting about it <laughs> other than the fact it's apparently got the largest shopping mall in the US which is surprising okay you think that would be in you know, somewhere bigger but everything's sort of so off grid in America isn't it they just have everything's kind of you just drive to everything but I suspect that King of Man. Prussia might be an area of Pence, uh, Philadelphia mm. well that's probably why. Well, anyway, he's basically celebrating the uh, Great American uh, Holiday of Thanksgiving. Uh, this is a story from back in the day. Uh, and one of his dogs, Welsh Terriers, for perspective, ate two sticks of butter. We yeah. then proceeded to get his stomach pumped. Unfortunately, that did not work, and it seemed he was close to his deathbed. But one doctor suggested an, an uncommon treatment. She said she had been studying acupuncture. At this point, I would have went, get out. You're not fit yeah. to de- deal yeah. with my dog's problems. I don't even uh, want that done with humans. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and who would have thought, but it worked. The next day, it was, it was though, as if he was a new dog. It, because it was a new dog. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> she just swapped him. <laughs> stopped it. I, I told you it would work. Yeah. Read my book, Acupuncture and Dogs. <laughs> Have you dyed that dog the same colour? <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, we had a couple of uh, emails about um, how to pump your dog's stomach. Uh, hydrogen peroxide says M three uh, percent hydrogen peroxide because hydrogen peroxide is the stuff you bleach your hair, isn't it? I think that's like ten twenty percent. Yeah. But three um, percent, uh, according to Google, should sort your pooch out if uh, chocolate has um, been ingested. So John also uh, says he's got a pair of uh, super value batteries. Yeah, which we've I've not, never heard of. Uh, yeah, before. we've not really had any sort of. Um, no. mm. um, on the um, on the acupuncture thing, I don't know if this is of interest to you, Pete, but it is to me. Alternative remedies for for ailments, yeah. is something I find quite interesting because I am someone who I, I guess likes to read about scientific stuff. So everyone who knows anything about science says, "Oh, these alternative medicines don't actually work." It's like placebo effect and all the rest of it. I mean, can you get a placebo effect on a dog? How do, how do you explain actually, yeah. the prospect of placebo to a dog? So if that story is true, and we and we, and we trust our listeners to be honest, acupuncture on a dog, the dog, I suppose, could be aware that he's receiving some sort of medical treatment and that it could work. But then if it's a physiological thing, i.e. he's poisoned itself, I don't really know how it would work. I just think it's misdiagnosed. It's a new dog. How much butter did you eat? Yeah. It's a new dog. <laughs> it's, it's a new dog. Uh, do you, I mean, how, if you put acupuncture on a dog, how do you... Because you've got to put a little cone on them if they've got an injury. So how do you stop them from touching the needles? Little cone, little cone on every needle. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't touch them. I always, think it, I always find it like quite cute and a little bit sad when I see um, a dog with a little uh, collar thing on them. They look like inverted lamps, don't they? Yeah. I wish... My, my cats have never had one of those. I don't know why. No, my, uh, my ex had a dog that... Um, Got savaged by a by a, a Rottweiler, and to his like his little Bichon Freeze thing, 
Like just his guts, her guts were out. Oh God! And and to the the the, the mum's um, eternal credit, like she just fucking scooped them up back into the dog, took it to the vets, and uh, you know, you know, a little while down the line, it, it was she, fine. She recovered. Incredible. That's mad. Incredible. Um, got... I, I I would not be able to do that. I don't think. Um, before Ooh. we go to, a, uh, should we should we go for a break and then talk about Corby in Northamptonshire? Let's talk about Corby in Northamptonshire, uh, and we're gonna press this button. All right. Okay, Luke. Don't conge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. We haven't had that one for a little while. No, we Gosh haven't. Gosh darn it. Um, we don't have any customers, really. No. Our so you're safe. Our customers are very much the people who are listening right now. As promised, Corby. Corby. So we talked about Corby last week. Yeah. Um, a town in Northamptonshire in which someone got in touch saying it's rough and all the rest of it. And I've mm. not been there. Pete, you know a bit about it. Well, I um, clearly don't because I said that the band Capdown were from Corby. Oh, they're from Milton Tre- Keynes. From Milton not? Keynes. Yeah, what okay. an idiot. We got a lot of tweets about that. Apologies for that particular... Uh, a heinous error. A heinous rid- error. Ridiculous behaviour. Did, did, I, did I volunteer last week that I knew a guy at uni from Corby? I think that's as close as I got. I can't really remember. But anyway, <laughs> someone got in touch saying that... Or a few people actually got in touch saying that, um, that Corby was mm. on the short list of two for the European Disneyland site. Oh, yes. Which obviously eventually went to Paris. I have no idea, A, if it's true, or B, if it is true, why that was the case. And so I Googled it. I looked up, um, I, I found this, this website on the BBC um, called uh, Doomsday Reloaded. Have you heard about this? No. So I haven't heard about it either, but apparently in 1986, uh, exactly 900 years after um, William the Conqueror's uh, original Doomsday book, the BBC pu- published this project called the Doomsday Project. Um, and it, what, what they're trying to do was they were trying to get as many people as possible to contribute to everyday stuff of what life is like in 1986 in the UK. Okay. Preserve it. And so in, in years to come or whatever, um, I guess, I guess like ambitiously in like another thousand years, yeah. people could see, right? So it's like a, a, an aping of the original Doomsday book. Mm. Uh, they managed to get over a million people to contribute with um, photos and all the rest of it. And um, I guess at some point it was uploaded online. And I, this thing came up from 1986 called Wonderworld Corby, which is how I got onto this. <laughs> and, and, someone, and there's just a weird, um, um, like, I suppose, like missive, a written missive saying the answer to unemployment in Corby would be the development of Wonderworld, a 21st century theme park. <laughs> Wonderworld is the idea of a company called Group 5 Holdings who proposed to turn a vast area of exhausted ironworkings at Weldon into the European equivalent of America's Disneyland. The theme park was supposed to have been started two years ago, but the planners claim that difficulties in raising the capital required for the first stage, over £100 million, um, have delayed this. Many local people are sceptical that it will ever be built, although Corby District Council assures us that it will. The park is designed to include high-technology computerised games and leisure facilities and a golf course designed by the famous Jack Nicholas. <laughs> That, oh my! There's nothing more kind of eighties than that, is there? Really, I mean, it's just so, so wonderful. And, and I, I'm thinking Mr. Blobby World. I'm instantly yeah. thinking Mr. Blobby World, or maybe that um, fairground that's near Chernobyl. <laughs> exactly right. And that is just, and that is highly disrespectful to Corby. So that's why I'm pleased you said it and not me. <laughs> I don't even know if that's real, but I mean, it looks yeah. pretty real on the BBC website. It's, it's BBC website forward slash history forward slash Doomsday. So they just so they what so so what was the Doomsday part of that exactly? So they were just because the original book was the Doomsday book. No, but I mean, like, um, where, where... oh, so oh, what? So you want a bit more information on how it actually works? So, so what they did is they um, 
they, 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 I think they took a map of the UK mm. and divided it into little blocks. Right. And got people and got all the stories from the people who lived in each block. Right. Just to write something or oh, take a okay. photo or some, something like that. Mm. I mean, it was, I was only five when it happened, so I have no idea. There was a, there um, was a, there was a gentleman who uh, emailed in. Uh, he's a nuclear, um, he's a nuclear um, fission expert, I guess. Um, but he didn't want to be named. He didn't want his full name put in. So I'm not even going to give him his first name because I haven't written it down. Uh, but he was talking about the difficulties on how to um, come up with uh, a adequate um, sign for nuclear waste or the dangers of uh, nuclear, um, right. you know, coming into contact with radiation effectively. Yeah. Um, and coming up with a logo. So um, the skull and crossbones doesn't really work because... Um, That's just danger generally, is it? Well, no, because like 400 years ago, um, skull and crossbones was actually either a positive thing, I think rebirth or stuff like that. Uh, and it was adopted by pirates and the Johnny Oh, Rogers so they're looking for like a universal that. worldwide thing. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right. So, um, so they came up with all kinds of different ideas. There was like a, a cartoon of a person going over to something radio Radioactive and then falling sick, but um, our our email <laughs> makes the point that it just looks like if he was um, if it was played in backwards or if you read right to left, it looked like he'd found like the um, a font of a, of eternal youth. Right. But it, oh, he's, right. he's better again! Amazing. Right. Uh, if we touch this special thing, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's really difficult. So what, what, I, was, I what was the solution? I don't. Uh, I can't remember what they went with. <laughs> right, good. I can't remember what they went with, but uh, yes, Corby in the final for. Uh, Hosting Euro Disney. I don't know how that fits into the body episode. I mean, uh, a body of work, a body of uh, a body of work well, from the Doomsday. There, there would have project, been yeah. there would have been a, a body of um, people that were deciding on whether they were going to put Euro Disney in Corby or Paris. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's an art selling it. Paris versus Corby. So what I can do is I can on the on the Doomsday section of the BBC website I can type in. Why is there a Doomsday section of the BBC website? Well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's spelt Doomsday for people mm. who aren't of the UK listening and don't know what the Doomsday book is. It's spelt Doomsday, D O M E S D A Y. Um, but on this Doomsday part of the uh, BBC website, mm. <clears throat> you can type in a postcode right. and see an insight into what people were doing in 1986 in that postcode. Mm. So if you give me the postcode in which you grew up in... Uh, TS26. What's TS in that? T-side. T-side, okay, yeah. We are T-side. We're the future, we're the pride. Is that, was that an actual song? That was an actual song. It was like a really American kind of... I suspect that it was one of those songs that was reused for several different, um, different locales. Okay, right. Just rebranded for T side. TS twenty uh, TS twenty six nine JD. Have you made that up? No, I was trying to okay. remember. Nine okay, days. right. I'll search that. Um, <clears throat> Might not even still exist. Here we go. <clears throat> Here we go. That's coming up uh, with absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's come up with children using a BBC microcomputer to work on the Doomsday Project. Bit of a self-fulfilling thing, really. Yeah, that. yeah. I'll you type in mine. It. Yeah, all right. Type in yours. I'll type in mine and see what. Um, Which one was yours? Mine is P O one two for Portsmouth. P O one two. Is that you're making it up? What's your name? Bill Dor. You don't do this. <laughs> no, P O one two four P S. <laughs> right. Let's see what we got. Oh, it didn't work. Hang on. Thirty-two four P S. God, we've got no op if the BBC Doomsday, <laughs> Doomsday website doesn't work. <laughs> nothing, nothing Again, on that. Rubbish. It's rubbish. Sort your hyperlinks out, guys. Admittedly, I should have checked that before I came in the studio, but <laughs> but I was uh, I was a bit short of time. Anyway, go. If to you the... do work for the BBC, sort your hyperlinks out. Sort your legacy hyperlinks out, guys. I can't believe there's one for Wonderworld Corby D Block GB four eight eight zero 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 two eight eight zero zero zero, but there's nothing for anything else. Well, it's, it sounds like a dystopic novel. It Have does. you been to Corby D seven? Yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, um, just before we move on from that, it was uploaded on. To the internet in 2011 there's a 25th anniversary of the project so that's why it's on there right okay I see 
Well, again, sort your links out. Does, do people use the word hyperlinks? Uh, Nicholas uh, sent us a video featuring a boy eating cereal out of his concave chest. I noticed that was a, a highlight of my week. My definitely. goodness me! But he do, he gets you know he gets a fair whack of uh, cereal in there. Messy, very messy, but he can. Uh, well, yeah, presumably, he's got a lot on his back. Yeah, <laughs> that would be madness otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but if you you can't eat and drink when you're lying on your back. Well, you could. I mean, you could wedge your if you could stand up, you could wedge and ball in it. Like a like an alcove, <laughs> like an alcove of cereal, I suppose. I don't know. There was a kid at my uni. I might have told you this before, but I don't think I've talked about it on the show. There was a kid at my uni who was a larger gentleman. I won't name him because it wouldn't be fair. Uh, and he used to eat M and M's with milk in a bowl, like cereal for cereal. Magical. in the morning. I mean, most modern cereals, most modern, well, probably uh, most like eighties child cereals probably had the same amount of calories and the same amount of sugar. So. Probably they probably words. did, yeah, because I mean, I, I was always, I can remember, and this might say more about me than anything else, but I can remember being led to believe as a kid, because we weren't, as kids, people of our age weren't really anywhere near as aware of the nutritional information oh, of food. Oh, God, no. no. I remember being led to believe that not only cereals were healthy, just blanket cereals mm. was a healthy breakfast, uh, but cheese as well. Oh, cheese is healthy. Yeah. Well, calcium, calcium, and that kind calcium of stuff, gets yeah. sold to kids quite a lot, don't they? Is, is it kind of like getting getting crap through the back door don't know it's, it's got it's like 100% of your day's worth of calcium so yeah it's got two days worth of fat as well you yeah. idiots it's being selective um, bloody my, idiots my wife says she never used to drink milk as a kid she just thought it was just weird that humans should drink it and she still says that now it is it is weird but I mean yeah first person to, to, what are you going to uh, do about as, it as it was pointed out to me once before the first person to sort of spot a cow and go I'll have a bit of that <laughs> I'm going to put bit, my lips on that bit weird delicious yeah but also I think um I have started to have an almond milk in my lattes, and it's like well lower, like well lower in fat. What's that? If Sorry, you get it? Uh, almond milk. Oh yeah, very wasteful though. Apparently they got yeah. use a lot of water. To almond make it. is, I think almond is among the thirstiest of the crops. The thirstiest of the crops. Is that right? I think they might be. Uh, they might have contributed. I'm, I'm, I'm freestyling here, but I think they might have contributed in a big way to the recent drought in California. Ah. A lot of almond farming goes on there, Have I you believe. seen the guys in, um, I think, Mexico, who are trying to turn cocoa uh, leaf production into like a, a superfood sort of thing? Cocoa leaf or coca leaf? Sorry, coca leaf. Yeah. Sorry, sorry <laughs> cocoa leaf. That might be slightly right? different. No, wait, hang on. Which one's cocaine? Coca leaf is cocaine. Yeah, coca. Yeah. 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 So yeah. they try to turn it into a superfood and like, Obviously, the cartels are going, yeah, it's not fucking out. <laughs> it is That's... a superfood already, in a way. <laughs> Do you know that... Um, I've lost loads of weight on it. There was an account I read... <laughs> yeah, there was an account I read once that said when <clears throat> certain explorers and um, conquistadors and stuff turned mm. up in South America, um, that local indigenous people had coca leaves shoved in their mouths, up their noses, in their ears. Yeah. Because they were already massively addicted to it. A lot of the people had already Sweet lived Sweet as a nut. Yeah. Imagine how much stuff you'd get done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Um, Samuel Burroughs uh, emailed in about the. Uh, I would stop in this. I I hate tedious wordplay riddles. I hate wordplay at the best of times. Yeah, unless it's particularly playery. Is he related to William Burroughs? <laughs> I don't think so. Not on this uh, fob, to be honest. Uh, the uh, the music stops. The woman dies. Remember that riddle? Yeah. How the can music, I ever forget the it? The music stops. The women. Uh, the woman dies. Uh, the answer is the lady was playing past the parcel. The music stopped on her turn. She opened the package. It was a baby hippo and it bit her face off and she died. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it mixes in a lot of flavours from previous Luke and Pete shows. It, 
It's very on brand, but I'm going to follow that down the sort of less than likely end of the spectrum. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Samuel Burroughs, for that uh, email. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's uh, hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. I almost did the wrong one there as well. Did you? Um, yeah. Speaking of William Burroughs, a, friend, a good friend of mine, Jimmy, in fact, my oldest friend. Jimmy the Fruitarian? Yes. 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 He is a voracious reader of is everything. He, is he still a Fruitarian? No. Right. No, he's not. Oh. And if... I don't know why, actually. I should ask him. But um, you know when... You probably have this, and I, I mm. definitely do, and I'm sure you do as well. You, you you hear someone recommend a book, or you see a book, and you've heard of it because it's famous, and you think, but I can never read that. It's too hard. Mm. You, do, you, do you have that? Yes. So so, But my friend Jimmy never has that. So he he, uh, he'll, he can read everything. I, I'm not just bigging him up because he's my pal. Genuinely, he can read everything. He's mm. very, very, very well read. And for Christmas, um, between a few of my friends, we do a secret Santa thing. And he got me, and he got me uh, Ulysses by James Joyce. Right, okay, yeah. And um, I sort of thought, well, he's bought it for me as a present. Mm. So I don't want to be like, oh, I'm never going to be able to read that. So obviously I was very grateful and all the rest of it. And he even went as far as to recommend like a study guide to buy with it. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of, that, that, with um, literature over a certain age, I think just... You need it. Lex- lexicon, lexicon, the lexicon's lexicon, changed, yeah. Lexicon, but it's not that, graphical but it, but wise. It, but it's not actually that old. You need to read more books. Lexicon uh, of... So what I would be interested in, if any listeners out there have, have had this similar problem is, and they've overcome it, how mm. do you read? And make, at the risk of making myself sound really unintelligent, how do you it's read? Disintelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you read really tough books like that? How do you do well, it? Because pass notes help, don't they? I mean, yeah, but I've, no done the first, I've done the first few pages and it's like, I can't get into it. Mm. It's just leaving me cold. It's mm. leaving me so cold. <laughs> I prefer the work of the great Dan Brown. <laughs> you know? He's a page turner. You can't, you but, can't but deny as a, it. But as a book reader, I'm this is this is Dan Brown here, and I've got no problem with Dan Brown, as you know, and you guys tease me for it. This this end of the section the spectrum here, Dan mm. Brown. This end, James Joyce. Yeah, I'm probably in the middle. Yeah, uh, you are a voracious reader, to be fair, and I don't think you should be. Uh, you know, I, I think you should have a lot of respect for yourself. But uh, yeah, I, I, oh, I, was, thanks, Pete. I was reading. I was reading. What's the fuck I was reading? I'm trying to find it on uh, my mate's Instagram because she recommended it, and then I bought it. Uh, so I've just finished, I've also just finished reading um, Skyfaring, which is very good mm. by a sort of by a, um, by a jumbo jet pilot, mm. very very well written. And I'm now in the middle of reading a Tim O'Brien book, who I absolutely love. Javier Marias or Marius, uh, a heart so white. What's um, it about? Well, it's about a uh, a man who translates for people who uh, has an experience in Cuba. He's, it's it's a bit sexy. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit sexy. sexy. Was that a cover note on it? <laughs> a cover quote. But it's like, but I find that sometimes with um, translated books, it's translated from Spanish. Um, I find it sometimes translated books. It's actually quite. It just goes over the same ground. Like he reasserts the same sentence five or six times. Right. And I'm sure it sounds beautiful in Spanish, yeah. but it just does not sound as musical. I think but in they, English. They say, like, that, they say that. They say that. Lord, guys. They say if you read like a, a, you know, a Russian classic in the mm. original Russian, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Mm. You know. So, but um, the, tra- the world of translation is a very competitive world. I read a really interesting article about it fairly recently. Mm. I might have even mentioned it to you before. I think we spoke about this on, uh, yeah. on the Luke Pete show about localization versus translation. Anyway, Pete, the next week's show is going to be the words show. I know, so we, right? We should leave that there, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we should pretty much get out of here, I think. Yeah. Um, shall we uh, just uh, once again reiterate the email address? Yes, it is hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Please yeah, do get boy. in touch. We get so many of your emails, but we do genuinely read every single one of them and try and sort out the ones we want to include. Um, <laughs> 
So do email in and don't fear that it won't be read because it absolutely will. We've got don't a team. fear the reader. We've got a team of readers because <laughs> Pete and I are illiterate. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Look, we'll be back with a words episode next time. Don't rip your scrotum open. I mean, that's a good advice anytime. Yeah. Really. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.